Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you come... No. <laughs> the show where you... Uh... Oh, yeah, maybe. The show where you come to discover the best things you never knew existed. No, that's the second part. <laughs> We're all discombobulated from all that VR. Yeah, shit. Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed, the show where you come to discover the best things you never knew existed, and the show where you force us to sit through the worst entertainment, and sometimes not entertainment, you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. My name is Koji. I am a part-time poli-sci major. I don't know if you knew that. Well, no, I guess it was full-time a while ago, but, uh, and, uh, something new. yeah, and a full-time alien space hunter. I've been playing a lot of XCOM lately. It's true. Almost every time that I've come over here, you've been playing XCOM. And with me, as always, is my good friend and cyclist, mm. Andrew Patterson. So, yeah, uh, I was, a. Went to McMaster University for political science, so I guess you could call you could call me a political scientist mm. if you wanted to, which is kind of poignant for this episode. This episode, the you no the hidden gem. I'm gonna save the you gotta love it for when we get to that you gotta love it section. We're gonna leave it a little bit of a mystery, but the hidden gem is this week is all the president's men, which is a movie starring Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford about the Watergate scandal. And there's not really much more to be said about that. If you want to know about Watergate, um, either see the movie or, you know, Google it. I'm sure there's a Wikipedia article or just read a history book. Essentially, uh, President Nixon was spying on a bunch of fucking people for nefarious reasons. Mm. And uh, these two... Reporters Woodward and Bernstein caught him doing it. This is a true story, and the movie, kind of as accurately as possible, I would say, is trying to uh, dramatize this story. It's I texted I would you say successfully. Yeah. That being said, full disclosure, I didn't have time to finish the movie. Well, Koji knows this, but I, you know, um, I was real. I was really enjoying it. It's not because I wasn't enjoying it that I didn't finish it. But go on. Yeah, I texted you while I was watching the movie, and I'm like, yeah, this was, uh, I feel like this was the precursor to Spotlight. Yeah, or Zodiac, even. It had, like, the same feel. Like, any, basically any, or even, I mean, these ones are not political so much, but, like, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, um, Zodiac. Well, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is not a real story. True story, though. No, no, I know, but I just mean the, sort of the, uh, the whole, in the, uh, in keeping with, insert movie title okay sort of like journalists trying to uh uncover something you know uh obviously having not seen this movie is from the 70s right it's like 1970 78 i think so you know that was before i was born <laughs> but seeing all these other movies and being like wow this is like fucking amazing how uh how the mystery is unfolding and it, it had like a very similar feel but obviously now i'm like oh i get it now it'd be like the same situation as somebody born post you know, Star Wars or something and seeing like a space epic and being and like people being like, oh, this is just like Star Wars, only like not as good or like, mm-hmm. has, you know, like it's heavily leaning on that. And you're just like, no way, man. It's like it's something. Right. I'm kind of like, oh, anybody 
from like my parents' generation that lived through this and saw this movie probably now whenever they see one of these other movies are like, oh, this is just like All the President's Men. Well, so what was interesting to me about All the President's Men, and I'm not sure if it was the pacing of the film uh, because of its age or because of the true story nature of it, but I feel like if this movie was made today, there would have been a lot of drama involved. Like the yeah. owner of the newspaper would have come down and been and would have been like, shut this story down, you know, and it, it kind of would have been like everyone's against them, the system's kind of against them, and mm-hmm. they're kind of stuck on this island by themselves trying to figure this out. That's how I feel like it would have gone today in today's cinema. <clears throat> and I don't know if it's at times or whatever, or maybe maybe it isn't because they wanted to stay accurate, but it, I, I kind of liked it that I didn't get this uneasy sort of feeling well, that the, like yeah there was not a lot of uh i mean again i didn't knowing how things ended up in real life and just sort of how far i got in the movie mm-hmm. there were scenes where definitely you would get the feeling that there would have been conflict in the movie today even the part where like uh robert redford catches dustin hoffman talk it like he hands this thing in and like, yeah he takes it and he goes and confronts him at his desk like what are you doing and he's just like, I think you'll find that my version's better. And he's like ready to like defend him. And Robert Redford's like, oh yeah, your version is better. And that's yeah. just like, yeah, like, it's like, there was no like argument and like, oh, you two knuckleheads better figure out a way to work together. He was just like, but at, at oh, that no, point they right. weren't even working together. No, I know. But I'm just saying like, yeah, there was yeah. no like, uh, it wasn't like, you know, like seven would be a good example with like Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt for like most of that movie up until like two thirds of the way through are like butting heads constantly. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, uh, what's his name? The, the guy that, I can't remember the actor's name. Anyway, whatever. It's just, they, they, that didn't present itself. Like, and yeah. there would be situations where, like, when he calls that guy uh, the uh, his source, mm-hmm. and the guy's like, don't call me about this again. Right. And then he gets the, the, letter, the yeah. letter, and it's just like, ah, uh, yeah, I was just kidding. Like, I do want to talk about it. Just do it this way instead. And you're like, oh, like, that was easy. He didn't, yeah. it just, like, came to, it was sort of like, oh, it's kind of poignant in today's like sort of mass surveillance culture, the whole thing where people didn't really want to talk on the phone because, you know. Anyway, what I what I liked about this film a lot was it really showed the investigative side of investigative journalism. It wasn't just like, oh, we got a lead. Yeah, it wasn't glamour. No. Um, when like, they're searching through all those things at the all those cards. Yeah, at the Library of Congress. Slow, the slow zoom out. Yeah. Right, and it like a lot of the movie is them doing non-exciting investigation, but yeah. it's kind of cool. You're like fact-checking. Oh, I kind of wish that I was an investigative journalist or something, because like it almost feels like you're a cop without, you know, the danger of being shot at or a far less danger of being shot at. Um, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. They unraveled this whole mystery, though. Yeah, I mean, obviously with the help of the now infamous Deep Throat. Deep throat. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was weird. I thought it would be more clandestine too. Like the Mm -hmm. meetings, it was just kind of just like, Oh, Hey, what's up, dude? Like, (laughs) just like kind of, you know, help me out here. But it felt like more, it's kind of, it did feel a little bit more grounded, I guess. Um, just because you're so used to like any movies about government and shady things or like even fictional things. Like it's Mm -hmm. always like very, I find myself always being like, shit, is this like really how this goes down? 
Yeah. You know, and questioning it and then maybe even doing a little research just because I'm like, there's no way that this is how it goes down. It's like way too, way too dramatic and crazy. But like watching this again, you know, it's a kind of like now a pa- very much in the past. Like it well, was like, but I kind of feel like we should watch Snowden. Have you seen it? No. Me either. Me either. I feel like that is maybe a modern day equivalent. Like Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah. Hmm. Don't you think? It's about it's could, a, yeah, could be definitely. I mean, it's essentially about the same thing. The government spying on its own people. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Snowden one is on a much ma- much more mass scale. Everyone's being spied on. Whereas mm-hmm. in this case, it was just uh, you know Watergate people. They were trying to anyway. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's de- but it definitely felt. Uh, I think like those are the most impactful movies for me, where that takes a situation that like one that. Again, this, as somebody who's not a soldier, I have no real frame of reference for. But I remember when I first saw Jarhead. I it does the say Hurt Locker, but anyway, Hurt Locker, on. Hurt Locker does it as well, but to a lesser extent because Hurt Locker had like a lot of epic, you know, see, like the kind of Jarhead had some beautiful shots, but yeah. for the most part, it like made it seem miserable like it didn't it wasn't yeah, like no, I see what you're it saying. didn't like it wasn't like war movies traditionally where yeah horrible shit is happening but it's all about like camaraderie and like well we're fucking in this together and like jarhead it was just kind of like you know oh we basically just a bunch of people slowly going crazy in various states of like mental unrest in the desert like the scene where he was hung over and he was like chained to the like the punishment he's like on that table and just like there's not really a lot of again action and then by the time it gets to the point where there's action like they're so broken like and i was watching it i was like again i don't know i haven't spoken to somebody that was you know in the army about this kind but like it just like when i came into that movie i was like that felt that was like fresh because instead of being like kind of like rah rah america it was kind of like oh shit like this like and and just even the kind of way that the characters in that movie were portrayed felt very uh I don't know. Like they just, they, they didn't have this like purpose and direction and like, you know, want to defend the cut. Like they're kind of, everybody was just sort of aimless. They're just kind of there just like Mm -hmm. surviving. So anyway, my point kind of went off, went off topic there, but it was kind of just like this movie had a similar feeling where it didn't really glamorize anything. It didn't really like, and it felt a little bit more believable. Well, I mean, you didn't even get to the end, but essentially even in the end, it's not like, ah, you guys fucking did it. Like, yeah, no, there was none of that. It's just like, it's oh, pretty thankless, like, like, good story. Yeah. That was yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. It's essentially... Go back to your shitty apartment well, that's just covered in fucking shit everywhere. It's just like, Maybe oh, write a book about this a couple decades from yeah, now. Yeah, good story. And then they just go back to their desk and like... <laughs> and that's it. Like, it's just like, okay. I guess, I guess maybe it's just like, you know, life goes on after that. You know, you broke this huge story and, and you're probably going to go down in history, but like your day-to-day life is still going to be like, okay, now write another story. But, uh, definitely. Yeah, I would definitely be, I'm going to finish it. Um, and I'd definitely be interested in watching, trying to find a modern day equivalent. You had mentioned spotlight, which I still haven't seen. Oh yeah. When it was See in that. theaters. It was one of those situations where kind of everybody was seeing it at different, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't get in on any of the, the action well, and then it was just out. And then, you know, Oh, just one thing and another, and then more new movies came out, and I really wanted to see it. So, full disclosure here: I am on occasion a pirate of film and TV. And careful, man! You never know who, <laughs> who's listening. listening. Yeah, uh, I said on occasion. 
in the past. Uh, and you can't prove anything. Yeah, just after Spotlight uh, premiered at uh, whatever film festival it premiered at, uh, it was miraculously online in a quality that was watchable. And by that, I mean it was HD. And uh, <laughs> nothing less. Yeah. A quality that was watchable. HD only (laughs) nothing but the best and uh for this pirate I downloaded it not knowing a thing about it this was before all the press or people were saying like oh this is this movie's fucking crazy I just I saw the cast and I was like how have I never heard of this movie because I've not even heard of it the only reason I knew about it is because it was available for download let me tell you something and Elise and I watched it and I was like wow this movie's crazy you know why you never heard of it why because uh when you pay for movies you get the trailers and advertisements before that like tell you about things that are coming out and that's why most of my friends at pirate are like yeah i've never heard of that show and i'm like oh really because they've been advertising it buying like two minutes of advertising time for any sports game for like the last three months i'm like oh <laughs> well i've got ad blockers and shit so i don't know yeah i anyway honestly I, sometimes <laughs> i go to my friend's houses and um we'll be watching tv and they're like i fucking hate this commercial and I, I watch it and I'm just like, I've never seen this before in my life. And they're like, it's fucking on every five minutes. No. Yeah. I, I don't. Uh, it's kind of crazy, though, if you think about it. I'm going to go off on a little tangent here, but it's kind of crazy. For every one hour show, you have about between 14 and 16 minutes of commercials if you're watching, you know, network TV, like not HBO or something, mm-hmm. and not subscriber based channels. And if you think about that, for every. We'll, we'll round it to 15 minutes, right? So for every four hours of TV that you watch or four-hour programs you watch, that's an extra hour of your life that you've watched commercials. Mm. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole... I could talk at length about that, though. I've never really... There's certainly ads that bother me or I find annoying, but I also think that it's... Um, but you could watch a whole... For, for every three episodes you watch, you could you could have used that time to watch a fourth episode. That's true. But I think that... I think it's why people like Netflix so much. I don't want to go down this road, but I think that there's... uh, And I think eventually this will be like a very archaic way of thinking. Mm -hmm. But I do... I was kind of joking about that like trailers thing, but I do honestly feel like most of the people I know that don't say pay for basic cable, watch sports, to yeah. watch sports or something like that, they seem a little bit more unplugged from a social perspective because even even if you're not interested in the product, mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that marketers and advertisers are always trying to do is like speak to the current climate, specific demographics. And I think that as somebody that kind of works in that area, like that, re- there's a reflection there that like, people that are like i don't i fucking hate ads and i don't like i don't buy magazines i just read blogs or i like i find the stuff i want on the internet i download my shit i don't have like and i think that like it's kind of good and bad like it's good because okay great yeah like if you're if you're like the type of person that's like i hate like subliminal messaging and people always trying to advertise me but i think there's a lot of good things that come out of come I, out of it i'll be honest I think with that you there's i'm not one of those people who it's anti-ads. Mm. I don't have ad blockers per se on my browsers or anything. And I also don't mind paying for things. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> I prefer paying Google Music for a subscription mm-hmm. as opposed to going out and buying every album that I want. Certainly. Um, and then if I like the albums, I might buy the vinyl or something. But 
as far as commercials go, if they could find a way to direct commercials to me, mm-hmm. and by that I mean I only see the stuff that I care about. But like, here's something interesting though about that argument. That I'm sure there's tons of books about this yeah. because I agree. Obviously, advertising is moving in that way. There's a lot more targeted advertising online, mm-hmm. but one of the things ab- it's a way of finding out new stuff is kind of what I'm getting at. You know, like right. the more targeted stuff becomes, it seems great on paper. Cause you're like, that's what only the shit I care about. But like, what about the things that you don't know you care about? And the more that people cut themselves off from this, like, I don't want people fucking, it's my time. I should be able to choose like what I see. Like that mm-hmm. is, it's like with music, you know, like maybe you would have never discovered this band had you not, been in this place or this time or seen them open you had no choice and you know what i mean yeah, it's no, no. like a similar I'm, thing i'm so with you on like, that but like i i mean targeted in a more broad sense like i definitely don't need to see ads for trucks constantly yeah or or uh women's dresses or kids toys or whatever that is like sure in in a more specific like it doesn't need to be specifically like oh i only want to get ads about technology and instruments and whatever. Like, no, no, no. It doesn't have to be that specific. I just mean like at the very least cut out the shit that I obviously don't care about. But like, what would be an example of that? That, I mean, like when was the last time you watched like TV to watch like a hockey game or something like that? Oh yeah. I mean, when I stream the hockey game, which I do, uh, the ads are there. It's like, I see you know it's mostly car ads and food food and food and beverage but anyway whatever this is like a whole we could have an entire podcast i was just saying that i think that like uh i wouldn't go so far as to say it's like important but i do feel like there's kind of a general sort of like i also think it's interesting sorry to cut you off there i also think it's interesting that most of the, the most popular television programs are programs that exist without advertising I don't think, but I think that's because of the quality of the programming, not because there's no ads. No, I, I don't. I I agree with you, but how is it that the 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 best, most popular shows don't have ads in them? I, well, I don't know. It's on. They're on those premium services, right? Mm-hmm. Like subscriber-based services. So you're paying to like. I would assume there would be potentially a larger pool. It's like a completely different system. But for, like, so, but the best forms of entertainment don't require advertising, then, right? No, advertising isn't required, but I'm just saying like, I don't know. It's, I, I think that there's been a lot of really bad shit. Uh, even like a show like Mad Men showing sort of like the people behind this stuff. Yeah. I think advertising is very frequently sort of vilified, but um, it's essentially just a tool to create awareness, obviously used most commonly to sell product. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's kind of... Uh, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Like I, f- I feel like as people continue to unplug, so to speak, um, more and more, there's more and more websites and stuff telling you like, oh, like this is how to unplug, but still like catch your favorite sports teams or like watch right. your favorite shows. And it's like, as people, do, more and more people do that, they do seem sort of like, it's kind of like what you said, but not just about ads where somebody, I'm like, oh, like there's this thing. And somebody's like, I've I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Like, oh, you know, that huge viral thing that like millions of people saw and like is now like a point of pop culture reference or something like that. And people are like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I kind of get it. That's what Reddit's for, man. Anyway, moving on to a less divisive topic. Are you got to love it for the week is none other than the, uh, we're going to get pretty serious here for a sec. The election of, Donald Trump as the president of the United States of America. Yeah, kind of deviating here. 
As yeah. who suggested this though? Didn't somebody suggest this? I don't think it was it was Tom. Maybe I think a lot of people were making jokes that uh, we should do it the d- the d- the day after Trump got elected, or the day Trump got elected. It was the ninth. It was my birthday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, I had a little thing. Some, some of my friends there. got together and uh, a delicious barbecue. Yeah, shout out smoking bones. Yeah, I hope you're feeling better, Alex. Um, but. Yeah, a bunch of my friends got together and they were all like, oh, Trump's elected president. And me and Andrew were obviously there. And they're just like, oh, you got to love it, guys. And we're like, ah, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's kind of funny, except it, there's like lives at stake, <laughs> millions, millions of livelihoods and but, okay. the direction of a... Anyway, yeah. You want to talk about things to love about a, That's Trump, right. a Trump presidency. <clears throat> if he does what he says he's going to do, now from a Canadian perspective, it's not going to be good. But from an American perspective, if he does something like, say, shut down NAFTA, it's going to make foreign pro like in the short term, without getting too complicated here. And I also know n- not of what I speak. I mean, I <laughs> am a political science major, but let me let me, like pre- preface Disclaimer. this by saying, like, as soon as school was over, <laughs> you know, I wasn't, uh, out. you know, my microscope and lab coat were just put into the. <laughs> Into the just uh, a regular guy, yeah. But if Trump does repeal NAFTA, which is the North American Free Trade Agreement, uh, in the short term, America will feel the pain because products will become more expensive. Mm -hmm. So importing from Mexico or Canada, and a lot of the times, what corporations will do to be really tricky is ship things to Mexico because it's it's cheaper, and then get them in through Mexico. Uh, either assembled in Mexico or whatever, and then get them into the States because it's free from NAFTA. And so you can get things like for nothing at Walmart or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you repeal NAFTA, what that's going to do is make those things more expensive. So in the short term, it's going to be harder for Americans to, to be cla- able to buy things like the, the lower class, class. That largely he was speaking to. But yeah. what, what's, what will be good about that for them is because those things will be more expensive, it won't make sense for them to produce them elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So companies will stop do, without with like so NAFTA, for example, is a big reason why uh, the Flint or the Michigan uh, car plants shut down because they all moved south of the border because it's cheaper, cheaper labor. You know, put it together and then ship it up through NAFTA. Hmm. But without NAFTA, it's not going to be cheaper to do that. They might as well just get American laborers to make American cars to sell to Americans, right? So more jobs for the people. Um, you know, some might argue better quality goods if they're made at home or whatever. Um, and so it will probably help foster uh, a stronger American economy, maybe, or a slightly different American economy, but very bad for us because a lot of our goods get exported to America. I mean, what, what Canada has going for it mainly is resources, raw resources. And we don't make a lot of things here, but we do send those resources to other places that make things and uh, use NAFTA to do that. Got, shit got real. That was some real, <laughs> that was some real shit. Uh, I admittedly already, um, well, okay, hold on. From a from a more, uh, you know, let's bring it back down to earth for a second. Mm. We're gonna get a lot of great um, impressions on SNL. A lot of, a lot of great. Uh, so the ang- yeah, the, the angle I was going with this is kind of a more cultural, maybe like broad 
implication or at least not things that are tangible things that we can say, yeah, I love that right now, but mm-hmm. things that I hope to see that have pretty much nothing to do with policy or because I was going to say, I think I feel like I've been, you know, obviously everybody this week, even up here or especially up here, yeah, uh, have been kind of, I'm kind of burnt out on the topic. Not like I don't, I don't want to stop talking about it, but just sort of like my brain is kind of numb. I don't, from the amount of discussion I've I've had personally this week with just people and friends. All, all, all I say is everyone just needs to calm down a little bit. But here's the thing yeah. about that, which Tell I'm me. sure you can agree with. Tell me the thing. I, I don't... I think that that's... I think it's kind of an unfair and sort of short-sighted thing to say because especially for, for people up here who are Canadian and for maybe even a large percentage of people in the States... It's kind of like, okay, well, that happened. It sucks. We'll live. We'll figure it out. But there's still a huge, huge, just multitude of groups of people who that does nothing for them. And saying that is almost like, you know, when you're, when, you know, when you're angry and somebody, somebody's sort of egging you on. Yeah. It's kind of has that a similar effect to that. And an example of this would be, uh, my dog is not happy about the, the Trump results. 2016. So an know. example, uh, there's a blog that I love to read. Uh, <laughs> that I ri- <laughs> Hold on. Kiba! Hopefully that helped. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so just like doesn't want me to make a point at all. Um, that's where I've been reading about uh, Elon Musk. It's oh, what yeah. the blog of Wait by Wa- is called Wait But Why. And recently just kind of put out a post after the election that just says, uh, it's, it was like titled, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And this is somebody that I really enjoy his writing style. He makes things very like easy to understand for sort of like the everyman, like scientific, scientific things, things about the environment. And there's sort of a general uh, perspective that he seems to have, uh, about, um, just everything that I kind of share that has to do with humans being more of a reactive species and being very short-sighted and that like in the in the case of the Elon Musk story I was saying like you know if we could only like look forward a little bit more mm-hmm. and not just like forget about things or just be satisfied with things then imagine all these great things we can do and then a lot of his posts kind of have these examples but right. then he had this post that was like it's going to be okay and it like broke down why he thinks it's going to be okay Yeah, but like if you're an immigrant or Muslim or black or Latino or uh, a woman or uh, LGBT or any of these groups that we, well, I mean, we kind of belong to some of them, but we're also in Canada. I think there's like a very real sense of fear and sort of like uncertainty about the future that like no amount of people being like, let's just wait and see what happens or like nobody panic yet. It's okay. Like, not just Trump, but everything he's stirred up and like peeled back this sort of like facade and and shown that like f- essentially fifty percent of your neighbors, no matter where you live in the states, right, feel this way. Mm-hmm. So I anyway, my point this is a long winded way of saying just like okay, like everybody, you know, just relax. Like I think that that's sort of well, okay. I don't know that that's the right approach. So here, here's here's what I would say. I I guess this is kind of a you gotta love it because like. I do have you got to love it, so I just didn't get to those I'm yet. personally <laughs> not, uh, wouldn't have been a Trump supporter, 
But to to just play devil's advocate for a second here, because uh, a lot of people, myself included, have made the point to people that you know whether or not you agree with Trump's views that you know whatever Mexicans are rapists and all the other crazy shit that he said, you know, the argument can be made voting him into office is like tacit agreement that some of that shit that he said was right or not right, but that you agree with it. Mm -hmm. Right. But I would also say that there are people, probably a a large group of people that voted for him a, because they're trolls or Mm -hmm. B because they thought that he was different, like not a politician at all. Yeah, I and think that's a huge group of people. Right, but that. they don't they're not necessarily racist or but or bigoted or whatever. They're just like f- fuck it. All these guys like Hillary's corrupt. All this shit is going on. I'm just going to vote for this guy cuz he doesn't give a fuck. Now, and the reason why I say I the reason why I've told a lot of people like it's too early to t- like yeah, he stirred up a lot of shit, but like that shit was probably already there just bubbling under the surface as he said. Um, and the reason I tell people not to worry is threefold. First, I mean, we had, we, I say we, I didn't have any of this, but America had George Bush, uh, as a president, George W. Bush as a president for eight years. And the guy, while not an overt racist, was an idiot. Yeah, and, that's totally different. And the country though. was, well, I don't, it wasn't, it wasn't different. It was fine. Like he didn't. Personally, I don't think he had any business being president and somehow things were okay. The second reason why I think that uh, it's not that big a deal is I feel like Trump, more than anything, is a panderer as opposed to uh, an all-out racist or bigot or what have you. I mean, he's probably some of those things too. Mm. But for example, the, the most concrete the concrete example you can give is like I think his his stance on abortion before running for office was far more moderate than it was when he was running for office. And I think because he realized, okay, you know, I'm obviously not going to be a Democratic uh, or a a Democrat, so I have to run the Republican Party, which means let me pander to those views. And if it's, you know, slightly racist, gun-toting, whatever, like, that's what I'm going to do. And now that he has power, who the fuck knows what he's going to do? But here's the thing, though. Like, he doesn't need to listen to them anymore. Everybody keeps focusing on, like, it's not so bad because Trump. Trump, forget about Trump. Who is around Trump now? What do you mean? What's the power structure look like in the states? The Republican, right? Well, but what I'm saying, everything. What what I'm saying is, Supreme Court justice. It's it's no better or worse than it it would have been if it wasn't Trump. Let me put it that way. It could have been another Republican, and it would have been just as bad. Yeah, I don't know if I agree. I think, I don't know. I think that people keep trying to like the the silver lining they look at keeps having to do with like policy and like how things are going to change and, you know, transform. But like, it goes back to kind of what you were saying where you're like, oh, many of the people that voted for him are probably not bigots or racists, but like, this is like a an alleged like sexual assaulting, like there is no doubt about it. There's facts, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't just like, oh, he might be these things like he is these things. He's surrounded himself with people so far that are identical to him. There's nobody that's like whispering like, oh, this is what you should do. If there's anybody whispering anything to him thus far, it has been like just as hateful and horrible. My point is just like 
it's not it doesn't exist in a vacuum he doesn't exist in a vacuum the states don't exist in a vacuum so also to all our canadian listeners Mm -hmm. and all those people that like the day after were like so happy to be a canadian largest trade partner we share the largest border in the world with them right this is not and it's not an isolated thing like this is something that's in canada exists in canada as well and it's like frustrating how quick people are to want to bury their heads in the sand and be like oh well like let's start looking at the bright side like the whole point of everything that's been happening in the last like year two years black lives matter all this stuff is that it's not going to be okay it's going to get worse before it gets better and i think that people like constantly being like well let's just not panic yet let's not hit the panic button the point is we need to hit the panic button we got to stop just delaying it by being like oh well you know there might be some good stuff right but i I don't think that has anything to do with trump though what do you mean like the the need to hit the panic button would have existed whether or not he got elected president or not like the whole bubbling over of black lives matter happened long before he was even running for president true right so like it wasn't as if these problems didn't exist or were getting increasingly worse before he was elected like i think that a lot of those issues are and that and that's kind of what i'm saying so you think that trump is going to be a catalyst for change because the issues were might be he might be people who knows right like there's already protests that have been going on days long in in countries that have nothing to i mean obviously the world cares about who's elected president in the united states but i mean in in all these countries there's and even in america there's like high school students who just have fully walked out of class uh on mass to protest the president you know president elect or whatever and um so maybe maybe he will be i just yeah i don't know i have i have trouble thinking that if it was somebody else or that if this the whole campaign had gone a little bit different obviously the problems would have still been there but i i just have a feeling that this particular group of people that are in power are going to do almost everything in their power to roll back every you know like let's say like healthcare. That's something that's going to take a long time or has to be incremental in a place like the States. Mm-hmm. It's like Obama was in office for eight years, finally got sort of some sort of system off the ground. You know that that shit's going to be just completely fucked with now. If not, just like, you know what I mean? Maybe. I, I don't think it's a maybe. I think it's, I don't know. I think it's a pretty sure thing that a lot of these things that they were at least trying to go in one direction on are going to be like rolled back several steps. Here, Here's the thing though. And this is, and that's what this is the ultimate wait and see. So the president has veto power on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. When bills are voted in or whatever, he can be like, no. And um, I think George Bush was the last president to use that power or the, the president who had used that power the, the most in his term. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I feel like Trump is just a wild card. He might just be like, nah, I don't want to do that. And just like, and I, I would say never before in the history, probably have there, has there been a president who just has decided to do things because he didn't feel like it, you know, as opposed to like, here are the reasons why I don't want to do this. Either it's the party line or it's the whatever. But I feel like he's just the kind of guy to be like, no, fuck you. He might, he might even just say no out of spite because he doesn't like the guy who proposed yeah. the bill. You know what I mean? Like, who? Yeah. who? Okay, la- last negative thing. Yeah. Well, that I'll say in this particular recording, so we don't go on for fucking hours, mm-hmm. is that one thing that I find hilarious about this whole line of logic. I mean, I know there's a lot of factors at play, but this whole line of logic where people are like, I think a lot of people voted for Trump because, on the one hand, you have 
a corrupt politician elite, and on the other hand, you have Trump. If that's your line of reasoning, mm-hmm. and you don't think that Trump, a fucking hotel real estate, like both of these people <laughs> have skeletons in the closet. They're both corrupt as fuck. They're both like, how is Trump? How is Trump not those things? Is what you know? And I know that like there's the pandering and the sort of like getting people riled up, but it's insane to me that at no point that there's people out there who were genuinely maybe ignorant enough or angry enough or just whatever it may be Mm -hmm. that they didn't realize that the person who's telling them these things is himself worth X amount. You know, he's got his name on tap. Like, it's just insane that like they're like in Canada, like out West, the, uh, what's her name? Kelly Leach. Yeah. When she's just like, yeah, like get wants to get those elites out. And I'm just like, what? Like define elite. It's like the same people being like, uh, in Canada being like, oh, we need like more Canadian values. What does that mean? Just not. Well, like, I, I think it's it's it, mind boggling. In this me. case, it's because not only did the Democrats not like Trump, but a lot of the Republicans were like eh, trying to distance themselves from him mm-hmm. for a long time. And so I think to a lot of people, it was just like, oh, nobody likes this guy. He's just a fucking lone gunman just throwing out like. Yeah, but it's like it, his his wife, his life's like it's not invisible. If you're the per, if you're the person going to his rallies to see him speak, yeah, like it's just this willful turning a blind, you know, like oh yeah, yeah, he's gonna do all this stuff because he's so different. You're like, what are you talking about? Like, anyway, w- anyway, whatever. So that was the we go on for hours. People much more, uh, you know people much more informed and much better educated on issues of this nature. Uh, you can go listen to them speak for hours and hours. I'm sure the internet has been alive with them speaking on this issue, but my, you got to love it. So here's what I would like to see. Tell me, I don't know if we were talking about this recently, if it was you or I, or if it was on the podcast or where it was, but punk music, Burke and I were talking about this a little bit. Punk music has taken a bit of a turn. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you've got, People our age complaining about Warp Tour now, you know, constantly. Uh, it's just all these like kit, you know. There's no drive. There's no meaning. It's just sort of been like turned into this commodity, mm-hmm. this sort of like cat, like another, just another genre of people like selling out stadiums. And there's no content there, you know. Like there's no like, it's not like hardcore in the like late '70s and the '80s and like like OG punk. Where so are we like, gonna get back to the Reagan era punk rock? I don't know if. What I'm saying is that I'm hoping that just across the board, mm-hmm. there's a lot of unhappy people. There's a lot of angry people on both sides of the political spectrum, you know? So what you're trying to say is make punk great again. Make punk great again, but not just punk. Art, subcultures. Like, I think that there's lots of little pockets you could have found, but overall it seems to have gotten kind of complacent. There's like a lot of uh, a lot of the like hardcore and punk bands I listen to now are kind of frequently looking back, you know? It's like they're... But they're are very obviously like these issues never went away. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Black Lives Matter or in Canada, here's something we were talking about the other day at the studio, a tribe called Red uh, recently, you know, oh, yeah. they're blowing up. They, they're they fantastic. They make great music. They're they're bringing, kind of shining a light on a lot of indigenous issues in Canada. And, well, not just Canada, like all over the world, but primarily right. in Canada right now. And it kind of made me wonder, like, I'm sure there are a lot of reasons and, and admittedly I haven't done a lot of research into this, but I was like, it is crazy probably due to lack of resources 
that there isn't more indigenous punk there like is there an indigenous punk scene there should be there should be if it exists if there's if you're listening to this right now and you know an amazing like indigenous punk band or you know a place where we can find that at like please reach out to us yeah i'd be very curious because i was like it's crazy because you know you think there was sort of like the at one point it was the youth you know the sort of disenfranchised youth that were unhappy with like the direction things were going uh, right sort of anti-establishment and it like sparked this whole incredible movement and now i mean there's afropunk festival like that's a thing that exists and there are a couple couple bands here or there but there's so many other areas that you know like I'm surprised, frankly, that there aren't more. I know that this again. There's more, more, more at stake here. It is more challenging, but that there yeah. aren't more, like all-girl punk bands. That there aren't like, like against me now. There's a lot of a lot of songs. Uh, Laura Jane Grace, like a lot of the lyrics, seemingly on their last couple albums, do have to do a little bit with, um, you know, gender identity and LGBT. But right. And like black rights as well, like hip hop, obviously Kendrick Lamar, there's people that are still talking about these things, mm-hmm. but it's kind of focused into one genre. Whereas I think they're, you know, so my hope, my silver lining, so yeah. you got to love it if you, if you will, is a lot of the things I love, these sort of subcultures like visual art, writing, uh, music, even like things like skateboarding. Like there's just all of these things that I think have sort of been in a comfortable track for a while. Right. And now that all this stuff is kind of rising to the surface and, you know, people have have been, if not pushed over, pushed to the brink of like kind of what they're willing to accept. Sure. Um, which is obviously evidenced by Trump getting mm-hmm. voted in and among other things. Like, I, I think that that's something that we'll see. I hope it's something that we'll see. Um, and I think that that could be. That could be cool. Because honestly, like I like that idea. I haven't really didn't really occur to me that uh, you know. Well, like think it like no effects. Like their last big single from their new album was about big pharma, mm-hmm. which is a totally valid thing to be like angry about. But like, right. just like think about. I'm not saying that it isn't a great song or a great album or like a, again like a thing a thing that we should be talking about and looking at. But right. like, you go from like all of these old like minor threat doa black flag you know even right up to like i would say like the late 90s mm-hmm. there's constant like and then even like during the bush administration there was tons of like no effects was like fucking balls to the wall like they were just blazing cannons you know like there's i think there's, they uh, should have released this new album a couple months later it would have been vastly I'm different sure, i'm sure they're working on something new right now yeah. but uh yeah, so I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I think that, um, you know, even like, there just seems like every decade seems to have had sort of a movement, you know? And I think that because on the surface things have been, have seemed so good for at least m- across the middle class and sort mm-hmm. of like the circles that, that, that maybe we run in, that it's kind of like, oh yeah, like things are not so bad but that maybe that's not the case in a lot of places. And, and um, yeah, anyway, I'm interested I'm just gonna to see es- how those groups escape react. into virtual reality, really invest in teledonics. Space, going to Mars. If you don't know We're what teledonics are, Google it right now. I don't know what those are. <laughs> maybe, maybe Google it later. Anyway, uh, so I think this, uh, this brings us to the point where we recommend things. So, Andrew, 
What is your recommendation for the week? Huh. What is my recommendation for the week? Um, maybe another political movie that I really enjoyed that I've seen many times. Um, that was actually one of the movies that I was oh, I suggested maybe for Hidden Gem, except I'd seen it so many times. I don't know if it's really technically a Hidden Gem, but uh, Syriana with George Clooney mm-hmm. and, and uh, Matt Damon. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, so if you're kind of feeling like you need to watch some political thrillers or you want to look for a political thriller that isn't from the late 70s and maybe is about something currently a little bit more timely or, you know, maybe a little bit more relevant. Right. Um, it's a fantastic movie. It's great. So my recommendation for the week is probably a movie that a lot of people have heard about, but not a mm. lot of people know uh, or have seen, I should say, is... Uh, in line with the whole Trump as president thing, I suggest that you watch Sasha Baron Cohen's The Dictator. Mm. Uh, you know, just to add a little levity. This is to what's going on. This shit is real, eh? This is. <laughs> I'm introducing Andrew to Teledonics. I don't actually own any, but I think <laughs> the idea of it is hilarious. Apparently, they can s- sync up to certain videos. Anyway. Uh. That's it for the week. Next week, we are going to lighten things up again with a comic book-esque episode in which we look at the hidden gem, uh, a comic by the name of Rat Queens, which, uh, and I might be wrong on this one, but I don't think I am, is Eisner nominated this year. And then we follow that up with a Gotta Love It by the name of Tank Girl, which was a movie starring... Lori Petty, Petty? Uh, based on a comic book by the same name. That's not all. It starred a lot of people. Ice-T. A lot of Malcolm McDowell. What the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, um, until next week. Yeah. Keep on loving it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy, guys.